On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. Right, good morning everyone. Remember, before we begin, the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk, none are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, make sure you contact an investment advisor. And we have plenty of very good investment advisors. You can find information about what them or what they do and how to contact them at our website, which is craigsip.com. All right, looking back at last week, it really was a bit of a mixed bag for global share markets. The US share market, the S&P 500 that is, snapped a four-week winning streak uh, and it was down for the week 1.2% 1.2% lower. Uh, the European stocks 600 down at 0.8%. In contrast, we had the UK market up slightly about 0.7%. The Aussie market, that was actually one of the stronger markets around the world, Australia, uh, up 1.4%, boosted by um, a week of pretty solid earnings releases. The local market was a little bit lower. We were down 0.4%, but we were dragged down by... Um, uh, Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, which is one of the real heavyweights across the local market, it was off almost five percent um, last week. They didn't have a result, but they did come out with some some uh, an earnings update, and it was it was pretty disappointing to be honest. It was short of market expectations, and they really are suffering from customers who have built up a lot of inventory over the last little while, which means they don't need to buy as much from FPH at the moment because they've already got these backlogs and plenty of stock on hand. And you've also got some of that demand for Fisher & Paykel Healthcare's products that is normalising after a sort of abnormally strong period through the pandemic and and with um, COVID all around the world. So I don't think that tells us a lot about the the long-term story, which is very much a positive one. You know, it's a great business. It's well-managed. They've got best-of-breed products and uh, a very strong structural growth tailwind. But um, at the moment, they are just facing a bit of a slowdown, and that has seen... um, seen the management team revise its earnings forecast a little bit lower, which has has therefore uh, seen the share price react in a negative way. Um, so a bit of a mixed bag. I think something that is uh, is should be noted is that the Kiwi dollar was also down quite sharply last week. Um, in the wake of that mixed sentiment, a bit of nervousness creeping in as the rally we've seen sustainable or as it's sort of run out of puff and you know our, our market's a little optimistic uh, all of that put together did cause a bit of Kiwi dollar weakness um, more than a bit actually we were down four percent against the US dollar down 2.2 against the euro uh, 1.8 percent against the pound and, and just shy of one percent against the Aussie dollar so uh, down down under 62 against the US dollar and we were almost sort of 64 and a half, 65 uh, a week earlier. So what that means is that uh, even though some of those international share markets have fallen in value because the currency has moved in a favourable way for New Zealand investors in international shares, uh, people have probably still seen some gains in terms of their international share portfolios. So that's that's one offsetting positive that we've seen Interest rate markets, uh, the the US, US two-year Treasury yield wasn't much changed at all 
on the week, uh, finished at 3.23, so barely changed. We did see longer-term interest rates rise, so the 10-year yield uh, increased from 2.83 to 2.97, that's the US 10-year Treasury. Locally, we followed a similar pattern, remember we had the Reserve Bank OCR uh, decision and the monetary policy statement, which I'll talk about soon, but uh, the short-term rates were were up very slightly. Uh, the two-year swap rate uh, finished the week at 4%. That's only up marginally from where it was a week earlier, but the five-year rate moved uh, more significantly. Uh, it increased from 3.71 to 3.82. Uh, commodity prices, n- no big moves there. Oil was off about 1%, one, 1.5%, one so it sort of finished at 91-odd dollars a barrel. Uh, Bloomberg commodity prices, um, the Bloomberg commodity price index that is, was flat for the week. It's still down about 10 or 11% below its highs, which came in June, although it's about 7 or 8% above where it was um, before the Ukraine war broke out. So um, that's six months ago almost now. Uh, on Wednesday, it'll actually mark uh, the six months since the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So um it's 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 been more drawn out and is is lasting a lot longer than we'd all like to see um but you know oil prices are are almost back to where they were before that before that all took place thinking about uh what caught my eye last week and it was really sort of local news that was the you know center stage uh, and the Reserve Bank was was right in the thick of it. So we had the monetary policy statement and the OCR decision. So the OCR decision first, that was the easy bit. Uh, the OCR increased by another 50 basis points to 3%. So that's the fourth move uh, of that magnitude. And it takes the OCR to the highest we've seen since August 2015, seven years ago. There was more interest in the MPS because that um, includes... A whole bunch of new uh, forecasts, including OCR forecasts. So that that gives us a feel for where the Reserve Bank's heads at in terms of whether they where they think things are going. And, and they did tweak them up up a little bit higher, not not dramatically, but slightly. So the Reserve Bank now sees the OCR ending this year at about three point seven percent, and then rising to a peak of four point one next year. Now that's that's a little bit higher than what they they had back in May. Back in May, it was 3.4 for the end of this year and 3.95 for the peak next year. So they've actually seen the need to sort of uh, increase those OCR forecasts. Uh, in terms of the rest of, rest of the, 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 the set of projections, uh, economic growth estimates were reduced down a little bit, wage growth a little bit higher. Um, the housing market, they're now expecting that to fall a bit more sharply than they previously thought. Uh, inflation estimates were revised upwards. Um, so all of that, I guess, is largely in line with expectations. I suppose you have had the housing market weaker than the Reserve Bank might have thought, but inflation pressures have been higher. Uh, wage growth has been higher. So you put all that together and they still see... They still see the need to keep um, keep boxing on with their rate hikes. You know they they believe that inflation has peaked and that you know we're we're we'll, we'll head down now. So they see inflation, which is seven point three percent at the moment, falling to 
uh, a little below 6% at the end of this year and then to a little, bo a little bit below 4% at the end of next year. So they see that coming down, but they still they still believe that they have a bit of work to do. And uh, reading between the lines, I suspect that the economy has held up maybe a little bit better than they were expecting. And uh, I think when they think about what sort of the neutral rate of interest, which is kind of the, you know, the, the rate of interest where they're not sort of stimulating the economy, but they're also not restricting it, you know, what's kind of just the, the right perfect balancing uh, interest rate. I think they probably are feeling like that neutral interest rate is a little bit higher than what they thought it might have been, which means they need to potentially push the OCR a little bit higher than they maybe thought to get it into that territory where it is slowing things down in a bigger way. So that that was the RBNZ. Um, we'll next hear from them in early October, and at the moment markets are expecting another half percent, another 50 basis points, so that would take it to 3.5, and then they would be in a position where they can, you know, back off and just move a bit more uh, slowly. But... Um, yeah, I guess the, the key message there is that interest rates still have higher to go uh, in terms of the OCR, at least long-term interest rates will, uh, will to a degree, uh, act based on what you're seeing out there in international markets, which is why they've, they've actually fallen a little bit in the last couple of months. Uh, dairy prices as well. Um, we saw the headline global dairy trade index fall again, another 2.9%. So we've now seen dairy prices down in 10 of the last 11 auctions. I, I, think, I think you are seeing that Fonterra payout now looking a little bit at risk. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, some of the banks think that they'll be able to maintain it. Others are, are seeing potential for it to be just slightly reduced. The currency will play a part, and obviously the currency weakness we've seen lately would be uh, very favourable for the agricultural sector. But uh, generally, dairy prices have followed what you've seen from other commodities around the world, which is that they all rocketed up in the first few months of the year, and we've, we've seen them... Um, retrench over these uh, last couple of months. In terms of what's going on uh, in the week coming up, uh, internationally we've got some more inflation figures out of the US. We've got the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, the PCE Index, that's out very late in the week. That will be, that will be interesting because it's the one that the Federal Reserve watches. Um, it, it's it's not at sitting at such high levels as the headline CPI in America uh, at the moment. It's sitting at uh, I think uh, I think was it six point six point eight it was in June. Um, so it actually it actually rose uh, in June. Um, although the core measure uh, is is still sitting below its peak. The core measure, which excludes food and energy, sitting at four point eight percent and. That's that's not as high as it was earlier in the year. It got you know it got as high as five point three. So we'll be watching for uh, any any slowing trends there, and hopefully we'll see them. Um, I mean we had the 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 regular consumer price index figures for July, which uh, were flat month on month. You know that was the first time we'd seen a, a flat month on month move or, or lack of move uh, since May 2020. So that was good because that sort of pointed to maybe some of these inflation pressures um, uh, beginning to ease. So hopefully we see the same with the PCE. Um, markets are expecting that headline uh, rate to fall to um, 
uh, to 6.4 and for the, the core measure to, um, to come in at 4.7. So uh, those, will be, those will be closely watched as we sort of build up to the next Federal Reserve meeting, which is next month. Speaking of the Fed, uh, they will be in focus in uh, a place called Jackson Hole, uh, which is in Wyoming in the United States. And this is a, uh, a very picturesque, uh, lovely small town. Um, I've never been there, but I hear it's, it's a very nice place uh, where they have a, uh, an annual event, um, which is essentially a, a sympo- an economic symposium. So... Um, Central bankers, you know, finance ministers around the world—they've been gathering there on an annual basis since 1978, and it's—it always attracts a bit of attention, I think, because in that post-GFC period, Ben Bernanke, who was the Fed chair at the time, he used this event to um, make some significant announcements about Fed policy, which is probably just coincidence because they happen to be needing to announce something important at the time of year that this, this symposium always takes place. So I'm not sure that he actually sat back and decided that that would be the platform he would use. But um, that's the way it played out in that post-GFC period. And uh, that, that's one reason why people do get quite excited about what you'll hear about at Jackson Hole. So there'll be lots of speeches, lots of news. Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair, will do a speech on Friday. So we'll hear about it on Saturday. And people will be watching that because uh, the, the US economy has been interesting of late. We've had um, uh, a lot of debate around a slowing economy, high inflation. You know, where does monetary, monetary policy go from here? So investors will be watching for sort of clues about how the, the, this next decision is, um, is approached. And at the, at the moment, markets are sort of split between whether we see another 75 basis point interest rate move from the Fed. Um, they're at 2.5% at the moment. So whether we see another 75 or whether they go for a sort of a slightly smaller 50 basis point move. And uh, odds are kind of in favour of 50 at the moment, but markets um, markets will be will be very interested in the, the tone that we hear from Jerome Powell. Um, elsewhere on the international front, flash PMIs, purchasing managers indices, uh, always interesting, uh, especially because we get them out earlier than other indicators. So these will be out, I think, I think on Tuesday uh, through the day uh, and then through the evening, and these will cover the month of August. So it'll be one of the first, the first things we hear about how August has been tracking. So we'll get the Aussie, uh, uh, the Aussie PMI, uh, flash PMI at 11am NZ time. Japan will follow at 12.30. Then you get the UK and Europe uh, in the evening. And then uh, the US comes out in the early hours of uh, Wednesday morning. But it will give us a very good read about how the global economy is um, is is performing at the moment. You know, A month ago, a lot of these figures did point to slowing momentum in most places. But um, at the same time, uh, we had uh, signs that uh, some of the price pressures were easing. So there's some good and bad in there, and I think uh, that'll be a very interesting, uh, an interesting uh, set of indicators to to keep an eye on. Here in New Zealand, June quarter retail sales will be of interest there out on Thursday. So. Uh, they were pretty weak uh, in the March quarter. A rebound is expected in the June quarter, but you know the retail sector is still facing a few challenges, isn't it? Um, increase in cost of living, higher mortgage rates, so you know lots of 
lots of pros and cons. Um, you know, when it comes to that that part of the economy at the moment, people are people have all got jobs. We've got very low unemployment. We've got strong wage growth, uh, so that bodes well for retail sales. Um, but at the same time, there's lots of lots of pressure on households and. Uh, lots of reasons for people to be a bit more cautious about their spending so that will be something we'll be watching closely. Uh, In the reporting season, um, last but certainly not least the reporting season which kicked off last week and and it actually gets a lot busier this week I think in New Zealand. This week is really where it gets interesting. Um, We saw a lot of interesting results, important results last week but there's more of them this week so uh, the Australian market's probably a little bit the opposite. Um, it continues this week in Australia, but I think last week was probably a, a busier period. Some of the highlights this week uh, will have chorus and freightways on Monday. Uh, freightways always interesting, considered a bit of a, uh, a bellwether in terms of economic activity. Uh, Somerset, that's that's a, a sector that's been under pressure. Um, Ryman, Somerset and, and many of those retirement village operators have had a a difficult ride. Somerset has, has arguably been the pick of the bunch in terms of how they have been uh, managing their business. They they seem to have got some good momentum, so it'll be interesting to see if that's continued on Tuesday. Uh, EBOS, uh, a very very reliable, well owned, uh, steady performer. That's that's got a very strong track record. They're reporting on Wednesday, as is Meridian, Scales, Spark, some other interesting ones there. Thursday we've got Air New Zealand, um, not one that sort of many people own shares in. You know, it's 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 not it's not a widely owned company that's sort of a considered a core part of investment portfolios. But because it's a business we all know and use on a regular basis, especially those of us that travel a lot, um, it always gets some attention. Uh, Sky City, Sky TV also on Thursday, and then on uh, Friday. Uh, Tourism Holdings, Vector, Porta Tauranga, uh, some other companies that will be worth watching too. Across the Tasman, who are the highlights for me? Across the Tasman, Tasman prob- probably Lendlease on Monday, that'll be interesting. Uh, APA Group is one that um, I know a lot of uh, conservative investors own, good quality infrastructure business there on Wednesday and that um, that's a business that, that I know is a, a favourite of many New Zealand investors. Uh, Woolworths and, and West Farmers on, on Thursday and Friday, also very high-profile businesses that are that are well-owned. Uh, and, and there's still a few to come overseas as well. You know, the, the international reporting season is mostly finished, but there's a couple couple of companies still to come this week. Uh, NVIDIA, uh, the chip maker, uh, on Wednesday, and also Salesforce, so two great businesses, but uh, NVIDIA in particular has had a, a bit of a... A bit of a roller coaster ride in terms of its share price performance because it's it had a big run up and it's it's obviously suffered as as many highly priced or higher growth technology companies have and obviously with with everything that's happening in the world of chips um, and semiconductors that's that's probably one to watch and, and just finally for anyone who owns Tesla shares uh, the the three for one stock split that was approved not so long ago. Um, Tesla will begin trading on a split adjusted basis I think on Thursday so from Thursday onwards if you if you if you see that the Tesla share prices all of a sudden fall into 300 bucks a share um, which is about a third of what it has been of late uh, don't panic um, 
you own three times as many shares. So, you know, they've just chosen to sort of cut the pie up a little bit differently. But um, that'll be interesting to see how how the Tesla share price uh, reacts in the wake of that, that split. All right, that's probably us for the week. Uh, plenty going on, particularly when it comes to corporate results. So uh, enjoy the week. Lots to follow, uh, lots to get stuck into. Um, take care, everybody, and thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.